Greetings. Thank you all for returning to this week's new study episode titled, Pray for Boldness, Part 1. I am Pastor John, welcoming our returning global audience of unchurched, self-study people, as well as those who are part of a church. For anyone looking for greater depths in God's Word with a stronger personal study, we also extend a warm welcome to all our new listeners here for the first time. Thank you all for listening. May you all be blessed of God. Please note, we have two quick notes. Last week, we had much trouble posting our podcast to Anchor. We could not find help, nor were we able to find any support. We apologize to our Anchor listeners. We hope the issues at Anchor are fixed. We also apologize to our Anchor listeners for the delay in getting last week's episode posted on time. Our second item of note is, our website has moved. Note, we typically use a hyphen when we print unchurched. However, in our internet address, this word is not with a hyphen. Our link is typed as a single long word. The new link is HTT. P S colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot o r g. Our now old site has the required information to help you move to our new site as well. Once you are on our new site, simply modify your bookmark or make a new one, whichever works best for you. Our new site is greatly simplified for better maintenance and for better use. Our old site, with the new redirect, will be fully closed on March 11, 2023. Enjoy and may God bless you all. Our last episode was The Lame Man at the Temple, Part 2, posted on February 12. We should fully note the first sentence as there are three items of note. 1. To take hold of the hand in such a case was an offer of aid. 2. It is an indication that Peter was sincere. 3. Was an inducement to him, him being the lame man, to make an effort. Are these three simple things not being done? Not sincerely when done? The reasons why we do not see the gifts of the Holy Spirit at work through God's people today? Leastwise, here in America, this is a very good question to ask. No matter where you live, if you have not seen the gifts of the Holy Spirit emanating through God's people into those who really need it, then the simple question is, why? The answer to that question is found in the three observations we just noted. After we pray for a person to be made well, do we offer appropriate aid as Peter did? Are we sincere in everything pertaining to healing? Do we induce people to do something that is contrary to their condition as Peter did? By rendering aid? If not, the question is still at play. Why? 
To find out more, listen to our previous episode titled, The Lame Man at the Temple, Part 2. This week, our study is Pray for Boldness, Part 1. This week, as we continue to do subject-based study of the Book of Acts, this episode jumps over the arrest and trial of Peter and John. Notice their boldness, or was it courage? Are the two the same, or are they different in some way which makes swapping them a grammatical error? Most naysayers today would say such an error proves the incorrectness of the Bible. Notice, these verses from the first subject of this chapter. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, that has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among people by which we must be saved. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John and discovered that they were uneducated and ordinary men, they were amazed and recognized these men had been with Jesus. From the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Now, notice further as this situation deepens. But when they had ordered them to go outside the council, they began to confer with one another, saying, What should we do with these men? For it is plain to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable miraculous sign has come about through them, and we cannot deny it. From the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 15 through 16. Can you see why the priests, the commander of the temple guard, and the Sadducees were just a bit upset? The biggest reason for them being upset is that Peter and John were ordinary men. They were of poor education, and yet making a really big difference in their day. So big that law and government noticed what they were doing and said, What should we do with these men? For it is plain to all who live in Jerusalem that a notable miraculous sign has come about through them, and we cannot deny it. But to keep this matter from spreading any further among the people, let us warn them to speak no more to anyone in his name. From the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 16 through 17. That is the short preface to help us better make sense of what we will examine this week. Our scripture for this week reads, When they were released, Peter and John went to their fellow believers and reported everything the high priest and the elders had said to them. When they heard this, they raised their voices to God with one mind and said, Master of all, you who made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them, who said by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, why do the nations rage and the peoples plot foolish things? The kings of the earth stood together, and the rulers assembled together against the Lord and against his Christ. From the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 23 through 26. 
Do we not see similar things happening today? Things that even David saw happening in his day? Today, have some things a person said for years now become an issue and should not be spoken anymore? I am not debating the right or wrong of this action. I am pointing out the similarity of how we are being told what to say as the underlying layer of a deeper issue that is in Bible prophecy that we should notice, especially how many modern-day pastors and teachers have chosen a less bold approach. Some even tell you to check out their offline messages. That sort of thing has also been experienced at least twice in biblical history, where being told what to say and being told not to say come from authoritative forms and people who can enforce it as well. For clarity, I am not promoting offensive speech and disgusting speech. I am merely pointing out the subtle changes of growing control over the peoples of any given land. What particular speech then, or now, is not the debate of this podcast? Only the fact that, historically, it is happening again for at least the third time. The reason I make note of this is we have at least one record of it in biblical history right here in our study passage. We should not delay further without seeing the quote of the Old Testament here of what was said in Acts chapter 4, verses 25 through 26. Why do the nations rebel? Why are the countries devising plots that will fail? The kings of the earth form a united front. The rulers collaborate against the Lord and his anointed king. From Psalms chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. Again, in the New Testament, Our father David was your servant. Through him you said, by the Holy Spirit, Why are the people who are not Jews so angry? And why do the people plan things for nothing? The kings of the earth joined their forces, and the rulers met together against the Lord and his Christ. From the book of Acts, chapter 4, verses 25 through 26, from the Bible in Worldwide English. So clearly, this is about observations we can clearly make of how today's world is showing signs from the old world noted here in our Bibles. It doubtless became a subject of interesting inquiry what they should do in this case. They had been threatened by the highest authority of the nation and commanded not to preach again in the name of Jesus. Whether they should obey them and be silent, or whether they should leave Jerusalem and preach elsewhere, could not but be an interesting subject of inquiry, and they very properly sought the counsel of their brethren and looked to God for direction, an example which all should follow who are exposed to persecution or who are in any perplexity about the path of duty. From Barnes New Testament Notes Here is, in this commentary passage, 
the item of most important note. Whether they should obey them and be silent, or whether they should leave Jerusalem and preach elsewhere, could not but be an interesting subject of inquiry, and they very properly sought the counsel of their brethren and looked to God for direction. How many of you today properly seek the counsel of your brothers and sisters? How many of you today, at the very least, look to God for direction? There are two things we should always do when we need the answer to a question we cannot answer ourselves. Today, I see neither being done here in America. At the very least, in all matters of questioning issues, we should seek God's direction. How many of you do that today? How many of you believe you cannot even hear God if He spoke to you? Therein, the impetus for not even trying to hear God speak to you. When you ask a question to someone, do you not expect an answer? So, if you speak to God, why should you not expect Him to answer you? Notice further. What a blessing to belong to such a company where you can go and where they receive you and where you can share your experiences because they have a warm interest in them. Peter and John give a detailed account of everything the chief priests and elders have said to them. We do not hear about their own clear and fearless testimony. There are no great stories of a courageous performance. The apostles are concerned with the threat of not being allowed to testify anymore. That is their need and what they want to share. From King Comments Commentary on the Whole Bible. Notice this from that King's Comments passage. Peter and John give a detailed account of everything the chief priests and elders have said to them. We do not hear about their own clear and fearless testimony. There are no great stories of a courageous performance. The apostles are concerned with the threat of not being allowed to testify anymore. That is their need and what they want to share. Notice the first thing they do. They give a detailed account of everything the chief priests and elders have said to them. Do our brothers and sisters today even care in a similar situation? Here in America, finding brothers and sisters who will listen can be a challenge. Not everywhere, but in many, many places, sad to say. Similarly, we note that the apostles are concerned with the threat of not being allowed to testify anymore. What will happen if a time like this comes to our daily life? For continuity, verses 24 through 26 read, When they heard this, they raised their voices to God with one mind and said, Master of all, 
You who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and everything that is in them, who said by the Holy Spirit through your servant David, our forefather, Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot foolish things? The kings of the earth stood together and the rulers assembled together against the Lord and against his Christ. The first thing we need to notice is that in prayer, they asked God a question. Have you ever asked God a question? If you have, Did you expect him to answer that question? Did you hear his answer? Many I know believe that God answers questions and prayers. However, many also confess that they have never heard his answer if indeed he spoke to them. God's answer to us can come in a profound thought or in an unusual action we also recognize as profound. While profound, it is not an earth-shattering event. It is something that rings in your spirit as from God and thus profound because of how unique it is and yet how much of an answer to prayer it is as well. Then, there are more subtle cues from God. More than once, I have been driving someplace and heard what seems to be a very strange thought suddenly come into my head. Turn left, or turn right, as I approach a fork in the road. When I first heard this unique voice, I had no idea what it was or why I heard separate of my own thoughts. It was new. I found out when I disobeyed that voice, that thought, I got into trouble with some strange people high on drugs. I had to run a red light in fear for my own safety. That strange voice, strange thought to turn, that I disobeyed, was God speaking to me to keep me out of such an incident. Fortunately, I learned quickly, and I now listen to this voice when I hear it. So, The question to you is, do you hear God? Like I did, have you had a strange thought that you just disregarded only to find yourself in a situation? If you have, that was God speaking to you in the situation before it happened. God is not silent. We have become really good at not hearing him, leastwise here in America. The reaction of his disciples to the message of Peter and John shows the great connectedness with each other. When they have reported on the events, the whole company turns to God in a spontaneous prayer. It has now become a common need. This prayer comes from the testimony and services for the Lord. If we testified more and shared our experiences with each other, Our prayers would become more like the prayer described here. There is unity in praying. God hears, as it were, one voice. When they addressed him, they addressed him with Lord, quote-unquote, which literally means despot or a ruler with absolute power. 
that is absolute ruler, sovereign, owner, and possessor of everything in connection with their need that is the right form of address. Earthly authorities have threatened that they are no longer allowed to speak about the Lord Jesus. Now they turn to the supreme authority and appeal to it as the highest and absolute authority. In their prayers, they are led to the scriptures to also appeal to the authority of the word. God and his word are inextricably linked. The situation in which they find themselves reminds them of Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. In the direct sense, the psalm describes the situation in the last days, the end time, but they quote the psalm in their prayers for its application to their present days. In the same way, we may also cite scripture in our prayers. There is no better way to come to God than in connection with his word. He wants us to come to him that way. This means that we stand before him on the same ground as he. From King Comet's Commentary on the Whole Bible. This commentary passage references us, as I have already done, to Psalms chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. There are three things we want to note in closing. 1. If we testified more and shared our experiences with each other, our prayers would become more like the prayer described here in Scripture. There is unity in praying. God hears, as it were, one voice. This is something that for years I have heard we need to do, yet succeeding with it has eluded God's people for as long as I can remember here in America. Many argue that something that is important to one person is not important to the body of believers they are in attendance with. Arguments then ensue, and nothing is accomplished except arguing. Instead of God hearing one voice, he hears many voices of contention. Secondly, earthly authorities have threatened that they are no longer allowed to speak about the Lord Jesus. Now they turn to the supreme authority and appeal to it as the highest and absolute authority. Today, for us, this requires finesse in some cases. If we are asked to leave a place, it is necessary to do that. It is better to regroup and find another way to accomplish what we believe God is leading us to do. By example, if you decide to carry a sign and or speak loudly, which can cause people arriving at that business to feel scared and threatened, you are accomplishing nothing positive for God and his kingdom. People will conclude that you are being a threat and or a scary person. Are these things how the devil should be thought of and not 
God's people? Leastwise, today, there lies our conundrum of public witnessing. We are not silenced, but the right way and the wrong way of doing things today needs to be clearly thought through very well. If witnessing publicly is supposed to be a positive thing, how is it positive if it makes life difficult, even scary, for those who do not believe? Lastly, in their prayers they are led to the Scriptures to also appeal to the authority of the Word. God and His Word are inextricably linked. The situation in which they find themselves reminds them of Psalm chapter 2, verses 1 through 2. In the direct sense, the psalm describes the situation in the last days, the end time. But they quote the psalm in their prayers for its application to their days. In the same way, we may also cite scripture in our prayers. I think that comment from King Comment's commentary is quite clear. Even if scripture is end times prophecy, if it applies to our present situation, it is nonetheless proper to quote it in our prayers to convey to God our real and present emotion. David prayed with emotion. Read the Psalms. Remember, in the direct sense, the Psalm describes the situation in the last days, the end time, but they quote the Psalm in their prayers for its application to their present days. In the same way, we may also cite Scripture in our prayers. Next week, we will continue to examine our study titled, Pray for Boldness, Part 2. This passage is titled with the word boldness, yet in the text the word is never used. Instead, we see the phrase, great courage. Then again, we see the word, courageously. Is courage and boldness two interchangeable words because they mean the same thing? Is boldness a form of courage? Join us next week as we build on this week's foundation and learn more. Play or download our episodes from one of our podcast hosts, or follow direct links to these platforms on our website under the podcast menu item. Details follow. All Bible quotes without a citation are from the New English Translation Free Version. We greatly appreciate our audience. We look forward to the return of all our faithful listeners, followers, and new listeners. Thank you all so much. We are very pleased to serve a diverse international audience. Please share our podcast with family, friends, and others you believe would find it a blessing. This study podcast is a wholly self-funded outreach presented by the Church of the Unchurched, currently an all-electronic Boston-based outreach uniting the community of lost, searching, lonely, and forgotten in Christ. If you are visiting for the first time, welcome, and God bless you. If you are unsaved, we truly hope you find God 
as well as receiving him as Lord and Savior of your life. Please find a short link to our episode titled, How to Be Saved, at the bottom of any episode description. To learn more about us and who we are, give our episode titled, Introduction, About Us, Who We Are, a listen. In that episode, you will learn more about us, who we are reaching out to, our mission, vision, ministry, and more. Again, a short link to this episode is found at the bottom of any episode description. Find our website at our new address, https colon forward slash forward slash the church of the unchurched dot org. Please type the church of the unchurched as a single word with no hyphen in unchurched. Our mobile, tablet, and desktop compliant website has more information, links to many of our podcast platforms under the podcast menu item. We are found on podcast platforms like iTunes, Google Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, and Spotify, to name a few. We refresh our feeds with every weekly episode upload on Sundays, East Coast Time, USA. These sites update our feed within 24 hours of our refresh. Our RSS feed is syndicated on many popular podcast RSS feed platforms. Find us on a preferred platform to follow us as we continue to grow. Now to him who is able to strengthen you, to the only wise God, through Jesus Christ, be glory forever. Amen. Until next week, this is Pastor John for the Church of the Unchurched.